0: Welcome to Prophecy Views podcast. Uh, I wanted to start off tonight's podcast with uh, obviously this breaking news from Fox News. This is a Fox News alert. I'm Martha McCallum in New York. U.S. Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has died at the age of 87 due to complications from pancreatic cancer, according to the information that we are getting from the court. The court's so Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away at the age of 87. Now, I don't necessarily want to make um, a whole lot of political points This points to this this early in the game, um, as I think um, we should probably give the family a little more time to mourn. But there is some breaking news on this, and I do want to cover it briefly, uh, if I can, um, So it's 11.45 p.m. at night. Um, As I'm recording this, I should be in bed. Uh, We have a big video shoot tomorrow on an expose that we are doing. Please stay tuned for that. Um, We are doing what you are seeing in the streets of the United States today has played out in nation after nation in this country, in this world, that we have been behind our CIA through non-governmental organizations. And I'm not trying to... Put you to sleep here but um we have helped overthrow other governments around the world and those same tactics are being done through our government to this country to try to affect this election we're going to have an entire expose on this tomorrow we will shoot it i'll try to get it out just as fast as i can but a lot is going to go into this so back to this um uh, I, I didn't think there was much going on today. I wanted to get a podcast out uh, going into the weekend for everybody just to kind of, um, so you can hear from me and what's going on. There was a little bit of stuff going on, and we're going to, now that's been pushed to the tail end of this podcast. So, so you're going to want to stay tuned to the rest of this podcast because we are going to cover some of the uh, latest stuff in the Abraham Accords. This is something that we are keeping our eye on minute by minute constantly. Um, so this evening... I didn't think there was a whole lot going on. Um, Boy, was I wrong. Uh, I took my lovely wife out for uh, a very nice dinner this evening, just the two of us, end of the week. She's had a long week. And uh, three quarters of the way through dinner, my my phone started blowing up, and I took a side glance, hoping she wouldn't catch me at why my phone was going off so many times and uh, to find out this story of Ruth Bader Ginsburg passing away. At the age of 87. Um, I will say this, this is going to put an entire, entirely new scope on this election cycle that's just around the corner. Um, I believe there are indications that Trump will go ahead and nominate somebody. Um, I've, I've, I've only had a chance to read just a few news articles on it. Um, I did read a CBS News article saying that Mitch McConnell um, says that Trump nominee to replace Ruth Bader Ginsburg will receive a vote on the floor of the Senate. So he is saying that if Trump puts a nomination up, he is going to go ahead and have that vote, even if it goes into the lame duck session, apparently. Um, there are some senators, uh, the usual suspects, that say they probably won't, um, they probably won't, want to. they don't want to be involved in this. They don't think it's right on the Republican side. So um, we'll see how this all turns out. It may very well come down to, I would assume that Mitt Romney probably won't vote to go for it. Uh, Murkowski has indicated she doesn't like this situation. And Susan Collins, obviously, um, being in the type of district she's in, she has, you never know which side she's going to go on, has said she doesn't really care for it either. But there have been one or two other senators that um, have indicated uh, that they're not sure which side of the fence they're going to end up um, falling on on this. So it's really kind of a a curious a curious situation. So uh we'll see what Trump what Trump decides to do, uh who he decides to nominate. I have no doubt that he'll go ahead and nominate somebody. Um Amy Barrett Jackson is one that has been floated around the internet this evening already. So we'll see what Trump ends up doing. Um our condolences to the uh Ginsburg family. Um I did not agree with but by far, I did not agree with the policies and or the leanings of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, uh, and also, I did not agree with her writings. But uh, that does not mean that I um, am thrilled with her passing. I, it, that is not the case at all. I hope she knew God, and and I hope that uh, I pray that that uh, she had made her peace. Um, apparently, she had made a few comments to her family. Um, not too long before her passing on different things that, that was on her mind. So I can only h- hope and pray that that is the case. Keep an eye on this situation as I'm sure that it will be covered heavily in any news you look up in the next little bit. The next thing that I want to talk to you about is, um, I didn't have a whole lot on this until um, I started looking at the news on Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Some of the other topics of the news came up and... Uh, <laughs> Donald Trump, I'll let him tell you for himself. Today I'm also pleased to announce that I will soon sign an executive order establishing a national commission to promote patriotic education. It will be called the 1776 Commission. It will encourage our educators to teach our children about the miracle of American history and make plans to honor the 250th anniversary of our founding. Think of that, 250 years. Recently, I also signed an executive order to establish the National Garden of American Heroes, a vast outdoor park that will feature the statues of the greatest Americans, who have ever lived who have ever lived so um donald trump announces in the face of the 1619 project the liberal project that um really held liberal values against tearing down of this country there's nothing good about this country um, our kids have been taught this stuff uh, even to the disagreement of us as the taxpayers the government has been using our money to fund the anti-Americanization of our youth, and that is just totally wrong. And so now we are seeing, with Donald Trump, um, one more thing that he has has done. You know, he, recently he signed an executive order allowing prayer and religion back in school. The Christian, the Christian faith, is the one that was heavily targeted by the left. Um, of course, anything with Jesus in it. Um, they have to oppose. Uh, you know, there's a lot of spirituality going on behind the scenes. People are listening to spirits, and that's scripture, um, uh, we can't take we can't take that consideration lightly. Um, and I'm going to pull that up, but because I, I want to make sure that I tell you the the exact uh, scripture correctly. But. Um, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness. And that's in Ephesians, and that's 6.12 in Ephesians. The things that we wrestle with of this world are not necessarily uh, a physical human being. They are listening to that little spirit that's standing on their shoulder. The question that I would have for you and for them and for everybody, including myself, if I had a mirror, I would be holding it up right now. Uh, what spirit are you listening to? The good ones or the bad ones? There's plenty of, of bad ones out there. So we have to be very conscious and aware of where we stand spiritually. And I didn't necessarily uh, intend to go that deep down the rabbit hole, but but it really goes with it. So Trump announced this 1776 project. And, you know, one of the quotes that, that I wanted to bring to your attention on this um, is a gentleman by the name of uh, Paul Albertson, who is an educator, a high school social studies teacher, and he's from New Jersey. He's excited about the alternative project. Uh, the 1776 Unites curriculum, the curriculum is called 1776 Unites. The 1776 Unites curriculum teaches that resilience in the face of opposition defines black American in, in particular and that there is a rich history of black Americans who rose above the harshest of circumstances by embracing their own personal agency and living out the true founding values of our country. Paulson said this week, these stories continue to unfold all around us today. And you know, I, I don't know if I should or shouldn't mention this, but I'm going to. Um, very recently, I had sort of, not legally, but I had, I had adopted... Uh, a young black man uh, from St. Louis, when I lived in that region at the time, just a few, just recently. And he had become like uh, a son to me, and we had known each other for about eight years and had become pretty close. And he passed away very, very recently, um, within the past few weeks, uh, in an automobile accident that wasn't his fault. But um, you know we talk a lot about black and white in this country, especially recently. And I don't necessarily understand why we do. I guess, I mean, I guess we have to see things from their perspective. And and, and I tried to do that with Marcus. Um, we had some discussions about this. But, um, you know, uh, I think we're, we're just as well off looking just at each other as individuals. And I shouldn't even have to say that. That should be automatic. That should just be who we are as a people. If you are like that individually, and if I am like that individually, and all of our neighbors are just like that individually, um, we don't, this this wouldn't even be a topic. They, The left would not even be able to throw this up in our face because there simply wouldn't be anything there. They're just simply using an agenda to divide us. They are, they are doing everything they can, um, uh, to divide this nation. And so Trump is putting it back to where we will be teaching, um, uh, schools that teach the 1619 project, the leftist 1619 project will lose their funding. And, uh, and this encourages schools to teach the best part of America and to teach that, um, you know, even though we have our faults, we have we have done everything we can over the past 250 years to make this country a better place for all Americans. And uh, and I don't think we need to, sp- to put a false lie of a spin on it to try to, to try to resegregate a population of the country. I just think that's nonsense. It's not the, the Christian thing to do. Um, and I, I certainly don't uh, recall Jesus necessarily being a segregation type person um, so let's let's move on from that. Uh, I I did want to bring that to your attention. I think that's extremely important that Trump that President Trump did that for us, and uh, proving once again that he is um, on the side of the Christian on decisions that he makes from the from the Oval Office. Um, um, so the last thing I want to talk about real quick before uh, I end this podcast is uh, just an update on. On what's going on with the Abraham Accord. Um, and I've read, I've got some articles here from um, Israel Hayam. And you've probably heard me say this before Israel Hayam. Hayam simply means today. So, like we have USA Today, which obviously is very left leaning. Uh, Israel has Israel Hayam, Israel Today. And that, um, but they're a pretty conservative. Type newspaper from what I'm seeing for the most part. And then I have a couple of other articles here that I'm trying to figure out where they come from. One looks like it has, um, okay that's from Israel Hayyam as well. So all of these articles are from Israel Hayam. One article states, uh, will Oman take a calculated risk and make peace? So Oman uh, is looking at peace and probably what I should just simply go to is um This article in uh, israel Israel Hayyam that says uh, that there are five other nations that are awaiting their turn to join the agreement uh Oman, Sudan, Morocco, Saudi Arabia, as well as Pakistan so these five nations and i 've heard two or three more nations that i 'm not familiar with um, but they have been floated around as well, and then I found an interesting article today on from Israel Hayyam, and it's by the by an author Josiah Rottenberg. Uh, Josiah, I believe, would be how that would be pronounced, in in uh, Israel. But um, he brings up an interesting article that grabbed my attention right before I came to the microphone with this podcast, and you know. There's going to have to be a change in status on the Temple Mount because we know from several scriptures that the Antichrist will stand in the temple of God claiming to be God. Um, We know that the outer court will be left alone. John was given in Revelation, John was given a reed like a rod and told to measure the temple but leave out the outer court for it is trodden down of the Gentiles for forty and two months, three and a half years. So that final three and a half year period that we keep talking about the great tribulation, um, the temple will be there, and um, the what marks the beginning of the final three and a half years is uh, when the uh, antichrist stands in the temple. The it'll have to be a newly rebuilt temple, and. Uh, He'll claim to be God, and we get that. I'm trying to make sure that I pull up the right uh, version on this because I'm pretty biased on liking the King James Version. And it's Second Thessalonians 2, um, and I believe it's verse number 4. Uh, let me back up just a little bit into verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means. So this is 2 Thessalonians 2, and I'm at verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, it's talking about the rapture, or the second coming of Christ, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. It's speaking of the Antichrist. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And so that is verse 3 and 4 in 2 Thessalonians 2. So he can't sit in a temple if there isn't one there. But this brings and bears to mind that this should bring in a forethought, forethought of our mind of just one more thing that we have to, um, uh, to put in our process of what's going to happen down the road very shortly is there's going to have to be a fundamental change in how the Temple Mount is viewed right now Jews are not even allowed to act to even resemble like they are praying on the Temple Mount. If a Jew goes up to the Temple Mount right now, a Muslim will follow them around. And if, if they even close their eyes or look prayerful, they will have them kicked off. So Jews aren't even allowed to pray on their own Temple Mount right now. And uh, there's a whole backstory to that. We'll get into that sometime. Um, this Josiah Rottenberg from Israel, Hayam wrote an article today. And there's going to be a few things that I'm going to bring to you. Um, it just, I just printed it off, so um, to, to, for them it's already the 19th over there, so the date on this is, is the 19th. Um, one of them, and the title of this article is, And Now, Peace on the Temple Mount Too, and that just caught my attention because there's going to have to be some sort of a shift on the Temple Mount for that temple to be built. Now, the, Jew, the Muslims, uh, the Palestinians especially, are not going to be happy with this They are constantly thinking that the Jewish people are undermining their temple, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, Dome of the Rock, and and trying to collapse them. They're constantly paranoid about it. Um, The subtitle of this, One of the most perverse aspects of the Middle East conflict is the rejection of Jews' right to pray on the Temple Mount. That must change if the Abraham Accords are to have any meaning. Um... And it skips, it, it, it didn't print all of the article. Um, Jews believe that the binding of Isaac took place on the Temple Mount where creation occurred and later became the location of the Jewish people, people's two biggest temples. Um, let me see if I can pull this article up. I'm looking and I do have it. Great. The article begins, it's no coincidence that a peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates is called the Abraham Accord after the common father of Judaism and Islam. Both faiths believe that Abraham was ordered to sacrifice his son. The differences have to do with the identity of that son. Jews believe that the binding of Isaac took place on the Temple Mount where creation occurred and later became the location of the Jewish people's two biggest temples. Now, the prophet Isaiah predicted that in the future, quote, my house will be called a house of prayer. Uh, I'm sorry, that's, that's the, the Jewish prophet, Isaiah. Uh, I was thinking something different. My house will be called a house of prayer for all peoples. And that's Isaiah 56 and 7. And perhaps the current time and the agreement between the countries will finally make that prophecy a reality by allowing Jews and Muslims to pray on the Temple Mount in harmony without trampling on each other's rights and freedoms. Unfortunately, since 1967, Israel has not allowed Jews the freedom to worship at their temple's holiest site. It did retain national sovereignty on and around the Temple Mount, but um, religious sovereignty was handed over to the Muslim waqf, which asked the Jews be forbidden uh, to murmur prayers, hold Hebrew books, or make any reference to the temple while on the Mount. Uh, so they can't even really bring up the temple at all. The status quo has remained in place because Israeli leaders were afraid that deviating, deviating from it would cause Muslims to riot in Israel and around the world. Israeli authorities have said more than once that this is a security issue as a change to the existing order on the Temple Mount could spark violence. And that's kind of been the status quo for the past several decades, um, back back into, the 60, back into 67 really, when... Um, when the Jews uh, captured the Temple Mount in the 67 war, um, there's gonna have to be a, a stir up, a stirring of some sort. But scripturally, we know that's gonna happen. Well, now here's an article in front of us that, that starts calling this, and they've been asking for this for quite some time. But now here it is on the front page of Israel, Hayyam. And, uh, and I just got excited when I saw it because um, this is one of the things that's prophesied to happen. They're, they can't build a temple at this point in time because the um, the Palestinians, the Muslim world, would have a meltdown. Um, something is going to have to change, um, and I think it's going to be probably an entire shakeup. Now, one of the things that I will bring to your attention is an article I read the other day, and I don't have it in front of me, but um, sorry, that was a pen rolling around on my desk. Uh, but one of the things that I've heard about that the Trump administration may... Um, talk to Saudi Arabia about because they're trying to get Saudi Arabia on board with this Abraham Accord. And one of the things that I understand they they may be dangling to them is maybe putting them in charge of the Temple Mount because they have done such a good job with all of the other Muslim holy sites. Um, And I think that could be a possibility as well. Um, I would look for Saudi Arabia to come on board with this because they've already started Um, bending on some of their policies against the nation of Israel. They're now allowing all flights to and from the nation of Israel to go over Saudi Arabia airspace, thanks to um, President Donald Trump and his uh, Abraham Accords. So uh, flights are starting up. Tourism will start up early next year. Um, We are getting ready to go into the uh, Jewish New Year here very soon. Um, I'm trying to remember when Rosh Hashanah starts this year uh, let me see if I can look that up for you real quick um, uh, and, and I think this could potentially be uh, an important uh, an important thing to know I'm just keeping it on the back burner but uh, Rosh Hashanah is a Friday Saturday and Sunday so uh, we begin at the evening of Friday uh, this just this evening so it, it began just a few hours ago so that we are now in Rosh Hashanah um, President Trump has already called and wished um, the nation of Israel a uh, a happy Rosh Hashanah and uh, we're, we're also coming up on the Day of Atonement um, and that's something we need to keep our eye on as well and that's in October um, if you heard me talk about it before there is um, actually that's in uh, that's Yom Kippur. It ends um, in, a, in about 10 days from now. starts on the 27th and ends on the 28th, Sunday evening, and uh, ends on Monday evening, the 28th. So we're keeping our eye on this stuff. There is a Jewish holiday coming up in October. Um, I had all this stuff in front of me, and I don't right now, but um, they say that it's very likely that Christ will come back to fulfill that feast. And... Um, I think that's entirely possible. Well, if, if we know that the peace agreement marks the final seven years to the Battle of Armageddon, so we can simply, if that is indeed the case, as far as uh, Christ coming back during that Jewish feast, um, we could back up seven years and it should start about that same time seven years prior. So we're keeping our eye on these things. Don't go around telling people that for sure it's getting ready to start. Um, I'm, I'm not one of those guys. When I know, I know. Now, the tough thing about this Abraham Accord, and and I'm going to draw this to a close, but the tough thing about this Abraham Accord is we had just always assumed that it would be signed by the world community, a done deal, and um, we would know exactly when the final seven years starts. Well, Donald Trump has has decided to do things a little differently, um, but what he's doing is working, um, whether you agree with it or not. He... uh, is signing nations on one and two at a time so it appears to be how this is going to go down so we don't know which european nation the antichrist is going to come from we don't know which leader is going to end up being the antichrist but he has to come from europe that's scripture um in daniel in the days of these kings and this is daniel in chapter 2 the the statue of nebuchadnezzar and he depicts the head of gold the, the body of silver the breast or the um, thighs of uh, iron and uh, of brass and the legs of iron and the feet of iron mingled with clay and the feet of iron mingled with clay was when we went from the Roman Empire to the Holy Roman Empire and um, of course that ceased to exist in 1806 but we knew that that Holy Roman Empire or the European Union would be would be reborn again which it was with the with the uh, European Union in 2009 didn't surprise us but that statue in, in uh, Daniel the boulder comes out of the mountain smote the image on the feet and the whole um, statue came crumbling down the statue that represented governments of mankind and it and it tells us that that boulder then filled up the earth um, and that's God setting up his kingdom that will never pass away and will never be destroyed So we know that, and the Antichrist will come out of that ten toes on the the, um, statue of Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Uh, In the days of these kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom that shall never be destroyed or never pass away. So uh, we know that the Antichrist has got to come from the Holy Roman Empire. It also talks about those ten horns in Revelation and an eleventh horn uproots three and waxes great to become the Antichrist. So that little horn has got to come from the Holy Roman Empire or the European Union. So when we start seeing European Union countries sign on to this, at some point in time, the right one would be on board and we would start the final seven years, but we may not necessarily know uh, which leader it is that comes on board and signs on to this thing. um, Just keep in mind that part of Russia is in Europe, up to the Eurasia Mountains. So um, maybe Putin is going to be a holdout and come in later and sign on. But um, the Antichrist himself will be signing on to this. We just simply won't know who he is 100% for sure until he stands in the newly built, at the time, the newly built temple of God claiming to be God. And that'll be halfway through the final seven-year period because we know at that point he persecutes the woman, the nation of Israel, for three and a half years. So um, I come to the conclusion of this podcast. Thanks for tuning in with us. Um, I really do appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Keep an eye up on our Facebook page. Go to prophecyviews.com and sign up. Give us your email address so you can keep up to date as we put things out, and we'll keep you posted on this folks, I, I can't recommend to you enough, prophecyviews.com. Um, you can also like our Facebook page and um, and stay up to date with that stuff as well. But if you give us your email address, we will keep you up to date. Um, we'll try not to bombard your email address, uh, but, but we will keep you up to date. And I will also promise you one more thing. When the rapture happens, you will get no more newsletters from us or no more updates. So God bless. We'll talk to you soon and keep an eye open for our video. Thanks so much.